Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, welcome to Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is a podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons. And this week we're talking about Amethyst Dragons. Hey, Brian. Hey, Will. How are you doing today? I'm ready to talk about dragons! Yes, we are at it again, holding gem dragons under the microscope one gem at a time. One gem at a time. And today's gem is one that used to be worth as much as ruby or gold before its oversaturation of the market from the mines of Brazil in the 1800s caused its perceived value to absolutely plummet. That's right. I'm talking about amethyst. Yeah, everybody more knows. specifically amethyst dragons. I don't even know why you wrote that. Everybody knows that. Everyone knows that. <laughs> uh, known as the mightiest of all gem dragon kind, amethysts fill a similar niche to gold dragons as far as inter-dragon relations go. All other gem dragons look up to and respect amethyst dragons, whether that be for strength, wisdom, or psionic power. It was a cool fact. Yeah, it's 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 one of my uh, favorite facts because the entire gem industry is a fucking f- uh, facade. Yes, it is. It's a, um, uh, <laughs> it's it's your favorite stone based fact. It's my favorite stone based fact. Yeah, uh, amethyst dragons are a breed of gem dragon known for their wise and regal manner and their similarity to amethyst. Uh, when first hatched, an amethyst dragon scales are. An amethyst dragon has scales of dull lavender purple shaped like naturally formed mineral crystals. On uh, hatchling, these scales are small and opaque, but as they age, they become steadily lighter and even more crystalline in appearance. As the dragon grows, their scales, horns, and wing membranes also become more vibrant and translucent. When the dragon is fully mature, um, their scales resemble rich purple amethyst crystals refracting light to take on an inner glow. Their pupils fade with age, m- making the eyes of an ancient dragon resemble glowing white or pale lavender orbs. Crystalline horns reminiscent of amethyst chunks hover behind their heads, held there by telekinetic force and shifting with their moods. I love that. That's a very, very cool aesthetic. Indeed. Yeah. You know, I know emerald green is your favorite color. Mm-hmm. Royal purple is my favorite oh, color. That's a good color. But amethyst is pretty close. Yeah, it is. It yeah. is very close so, to a royal purple. So if I had a favorite color dragon, it would probably be this one. Yeah. I'll find out more about it, even yeah. though I already no, they're got cool. a preliminary what for. In I will our say royal purple. Episode. Royal purple is very high on my list of colors. That's a good color. It's yeah, a good color. That's OG Los Angeles Lakers 
and Los Angeles Kings, the royal purple is on the uniform. Yeah, I think of the, well, of course, I think of the Roman emperors and royal purple. Royal purple. I got a bag of dice that's royal purple right there. That's pretty cool. close to it. Indeed. I see it. Want me to lift it up? I'll do it. Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't know what company makes that. I got it on Amazon, but um, I think it was like... Kings, I don't know. They got like a little king emblem on yeah, it. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Cool dice and bags. And you're a Kings fan, so that's awesome. Yeah, All yeah. right, back to Amethyst Dragons. The average hatchling has a two foot long body and four foot long tail, while an adult measures at a length of 53 to 68 feet and a tail length of 46 to 56 feet. The biggest great worms grow to 132 feet long in the body and with tails of 100 feet longer. So they're freaking huge. Um, a dragon egg can, a, an Amethyst Dragon egg, or a dragon age can be identified as amethyst by the purple tinge seen when held in front of an intense white light, though it shares this trait with shadow dragons and deep dragon eggs as well. Did we we kind of stopped doing the the metric uh, measurements of stuff, huh? I mean, we could start in a gradient. You want to look it up? You want to? Oh, it's like 30 meter, 30 to 40 meters for the yeah. big ones? Yeah, basically. I don't know. Amethyst dragons, the mightiest of the gem dragons, study and psionically manipulate the fundamental principles of the multiverse, from the force of gravity to the emanations of the outer planes. Their innate psionics give them a measure of control over how physical laws affect them. They defy gravity with flight that doesn't rely solely upon their great wings, and gravitational force empowers both their devastating breath weapon and the exploding amethyst crystals they spit at their foes. Cool. Yeah, these guys are pretty fucking badass. I wonder if it's, like, hard to vomit up the crystal, you know what I mean? Or are they spitting... (laughs) They kind of like, Puh, you know, or they're like, I, I, they I, I feel like there's like an expectory kind of factor to it. Yeah. Like yeah. their teeth are exploding or something like that. That's it. They do like a tongue click, like, and like ooh, the, ooh. the, the, the excess gem mm-hmm. flies from their mouth. Absolutely. Their orifice that sounds to good face. to me. Yeah. They are considered to be wise and majestic, even by draconic standards, but they are aloof and pay little heed to the conflicts between forces of mortal kind or the natural world, as they believe them to be but petty squabbles and insignificant events. Um, They are naturally disinclined to violence as well, instead favoring to talk things out rather than fighting, but they consider retreating, ambushing, and hiding to be dishonorable. Okay. Uh, Amethyst Amethyst dragons share a profound fascination with the many worlds and dimensions of the multiverse, and many become scholars of planar lore. Most are especially interested in the way individual dragons manifest unique echoes across uh, those worlds. Uh, They also prize understanding of the cosmic forces that emanate from the outer planes, study the opposing studying the opposing tides of good and evil, chaos and order, so that they can offer counsel to those with the wisdom to accept it. Over their lives, these amethyst dragons develop considerable knowledge and understanding of these matters in ways far beyond even most sages. So all of the the gem dragons are studying the multiverse, right? All the gem dragons seem to have a fascination with, with I, I guess you could call it like academic orders, right? So like the greens are academically interested in history and anthropology. Yeah. While uh, sapphire dragons are... Uh, specifically interested in uh, politics and strategy and tactics. Yeah, so then this specific dragon is it's the like one philosophy studying, and like, science. I'm studying the greater cosmos. Yes, exactly. Okay. They're like philosophical scientists, if you will. Nice. <clears throat> the study of the planes and their properties have also made Amethyst Dragons keenly aware of the far realm and its warping effects on the material plane. They loathe the corruption that accompanies such intrusions into the world, making them fierce opponents of the far realm and any creatures warped by its touch. Strangely, though, they are intrigued by and fond of flumps. 
<clears throat> These aberrations, which oppose the depredations of mind flayers and other wicked aberrations, remind Amethyst Dragons that allies can be found in the strangest of places. <clears throat> They're like mean Gordon Ramsay in like cooking shows mm -hmm. and then except they see a flump then they're they're gordon ramsay in children's cooking shows yeah where he's, he's like so gentle and yeah he's kind. so nice he's, except for you i love to you to be fair i watch a lot of gordon ramsay stuff he's really not that mean no he, that's a character yeah he's he, I, and even then he only plays it on people who really deserve to be called a donkey he seems like a pretty good guy actually <laughs> he's a yeah when I mean, he's not like fucking screaming at people for tv which is yeah. not like a great thing. well that's my point he's, he doesn't actually scream at people all that often no it, yeah it, it's really for his american audiences because yeah. that's what gets people like, but even in those shows he doesn't actually do it like yeah. the advertisements show him doing stuff that he doesn't really do all that often it's yeah it's <clears throat> it's definitely uh magnified for sure yeah um where was i in these notes that's a good question it's a great question right um uh past this past this one so dragons yeah. make their layers in caves next to or under secluded pools and lakes mountain lakes are best preferring mm -hmm. caverns with at least one entrance submerged underwater a layer behind a cascading waterfall is ideal, and often a large portion of their layer is also submerged, allowing the dragon to rest in the water and cultivate the fish that they are, that are their preferred food. Uh, they prize locations with a combination of open space, connecting tunnels, and dead ends to make the most of their natural and magical mobility, using flight and teleportation to navigate obstacles in their layers. This is it. This is my favorite dragon. This is it. They're, they're fucking cool, right? Yeah. Mountain Lake, check. Uh, yeah. Giant koi fish, check. Royal Purple, check. Behind a waterfall, check. This is all the places. This is, this is By the gods, this is exactly what I want my life to be like. Yeah, I know, right? They're living Studying their best multiverse? Life. Absolutely. I was, I've invested in Bitcoin in this one <laughs> at an early enough time where I'm, I'm super rich. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Some Amethyst dragons, though, instead choose to reside on the elemental plane of Earth in caverns carved out of the endless rock. These are comprised of numerous tunnels and chambers bedecked with crystals of all colors of the rainbow. I definitely like the other one better. This yeah. Is, that's not necessarily my vibe. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. It yeah. sounds like something I'd, I'd, go on, I'd go on vacation. Exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> amethyst dragon layers frequently exhibit or develop large and beautiful clusters of amethyst crystals, including massive cathedral geodes split open to show their contents and clusters of crystal points more than a foot in diameter that extends six to ten feet from the interior stone surfaces of the layer. These crystals resonate with the dragon's presence and glow with a soft inner light. The older the dragon, the deeper the purple color of the crystals. I feel like most places you go, like museums that talk about caves or rocks or whatever, like exhibits of that nature, mm -hmm. they always have that fucking giant amethyst, like, you know, concave, like opened up rock. It's like oh, yeah, the open geo. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, they definitely, they've got like in every room. They've absolutely. got like one of those. Yes, Like absolutely. a light on it. Mm -hmm. Nice. Let's take a short rest. Okay. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeoncast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeoncast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeoncast. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. This episode of the Dungeon Cast is brought to you by Furhaven from Fate's End. Welcome to the world of Aloria, a place of mystery and danger where adorable characters undertake dangerous quests to protect their families and communities. The main hub of commerce and civilization is the settlement of Furhaven, a large community of hard-working furs from throughout the forests, dark mines, and sunny spaces. Furhaven is an exciting campaign setting for 5th edition, full of colorful characters, magical items, spells, new races, and daring adventures. Would you like to take your kids and beginners on a simple yet intriguing adventure? In addition to the campaign book, they've created a complete box adventure designed specifically for beginner players who started at level 0 and acquire unique items and spells one by one along their journey, step by step unraveling the complexities of 5e as your players unravel the mysteries of Furhaven. Interested in sponsoring the show? Reach out to us at thedungeoncast at gmail.com. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right, without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IPVanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phones, even devices like your Fire Stick while you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IPVanish. IPVanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IPVanish is super easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything you stream, everything you search for, and everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to ipvanish.com slash dungeoncast and use your promotional code dungeoncast and claim your 70% savings. That's I-P-V-A-N-I-S-H dot com slash dungeoncast. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? You or someone you love falling into depression or struggling with anxiety can keep you from what you care about. Struggling with mental health is something a lot of us deal with, including myself. But luckily, there's something we can do. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You'll be matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. 
It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. This service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if you need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline therapy, and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit BetterHelp.com dungeon. That's Better, H-E-L-P, and join over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. Right now, listeners of the Dungeon Cast can get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com dungeon. We've returned. In- indeed, we have. <laughs> Back at it again. Yeah. Here we are. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You yeah. look like you were about to say something. Sorry. I, I was trying to think of something to say. It just wasn't coming. Like, All right. I was like, well, let's talk about Amethyst Dragons. Uh, yeah. No, wait. We usually like do a, like a little small, tiny Go plug or something you here. Do it. It's all you. Uh, check it out. All of it. Okay. Patreon. And we're merch there. store. Thank you. Amethyst dragons often collect crystals and gems, particularly their namesake, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, Stones in raw, polished, or cut forms. Uh, They have less interest in coins and precious metals, although many have a fascination with metals, metal items that have a silvery finish. Now, I don't know why. Like, that's so specific, and I feel like there's some reason that I'm not picking up on. Like, why a silvery finish? Why? Why? What did we miss? Leave it in the comments. Let us know. What are we missing here? Because I don't get it either. What does that mean? Yeah. Uh, In addition to material wealth, Amethyst Dragons delight in collecting knowledge and magic dealing with the nature of the planes of existence, cosmic forces, and distant worlds. They prize treasures drawn from different worlds of the material plane, especially magic items and artworks that highlight the unique nature of different worlds. Magic items that allow teleportation or travel between planes, spellbooks filled with sim- similar magic, and treatises examining the nature of the universe, of the multiverse, form the centerpiece of an Amethyst Dragon's Horde. Okay. Treatises. <laughs> treatises. Treatises. I think that's, uh, that's like a dissertation. It's like a, a yeah, thesis. like a, it's yeah. probably on a fucking scroll or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, a stone giant scroll, which is like an egg rock with the, like ribbon yeah. stuff. Going sure, it, it could remember, totally be that. You remember that shit? Absolutely. I'm very fond of that year. Year of oh, the, big, the year of the giants. Year, year of the, big of the guy? large man. <laughs> yeah, it was a good year. We theme our years here. Welcome all the new. That's what I should have said at the fucking top of the short rest. Is welcome everybody that's new to the show. Hi. Yeah, you should have. It's a ton of people. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Hi. Hi. Amethyst dragons also enjoy collecting treasures with particular scholarly or philosophical value as a part of their hoard, uh, including fine books, scrolls, and carved tablets. Tapestries are woven tomes of embroidered cloth, uh, complex scientific instruments, and religious icons or objects. Uh, They're fond of unique and unusual art objects, especially those connected to far-off or long-lost cultures, other planes of existence, or other worlds, and of magic items that allow movement between those planes or worlds. The odd spatial nature of an amethyst dragon's lair can sometimes cause items to transpose between one dragon's horde and the hordes of other of the dragon's echoes, allowing for treasures with a surprising range of origins. Does that make sense to you? So there's there's dragon A in universe one. Yeah. And in universe two, there's dragon B. Yeah. Which is like similar to dragon A. But yeah. not quite. Yes. And so all of their hordes are interlinked. So some of these items will like 
will appear cross. in one instead of the other exactly. or will appear simultaneously in all of them? Like, does it vanish Both. from one? It'll oh, do either. Do, oh, sick. Yes. Both. Dang, one come up for an amethyst dragon is a potential come up for all, all the amethyst, amethyst dragons. dragons. Very true. As long as your name is some variation of Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. Kevin, Kev- Kevon, Coven. Big, big purple Kevin, as they call him. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Large K, yeah. K Vaughn. Tiny K, too. Uh, Kev? <laughs> Just K. Just K. Okay. That uh, <laughs> <laughs> as, as seems to be the rule with gem dragons. Amethyst dragons are a rather aloof and introverted bunch. Though this is not out of a distaste for social interactions, but more for the fact that amethyst dragons are busy trying to solve the scientific and phil- philosophical mysteries of the multiverse, and it's easy to lose track of time. Uh, the truth is, amethyst dragons have neither strong friendships or enmities amongst other dragons. They're okay. neither here nor there about it. They're just busy. Okay. While they th- while they think copper dragons and silver dragons are a bit foolish, and they dislike red dragons and white dragons due to their fundamental disinclination toward negotiation, amethyst dragons are not fundamentally opposed to any creature. In fact, on occasion, amethyst dragons mediate in conflicts between feuding dragons and even warring nations of humanoids. On occasion. Yeah, there's a very none-of-this-matters attitude Yes, going on. absolutely. Amethyst dragons are good and dutiful parents to their young, but they feel they should be independent and learn to look out for themselves by the time they are young adult dragons. Families raise clutches of two to five offspring and are likely to be encountered alone or in such clans. Um, so Amethyst dragons' dragon breath attacks have been all over the place across the editions. Some versions uh, of Amethyst dragons... Uh, were said to shriek like banshees, causing sonic damage <laughs> instead of breathing, you know, an element. Okay. Uh, others projected a line of force with concussive effects that could either stun or injure beings caught within. And sometimes, uh, in addition to a line of force, once per day an adult could spit a kind of explosive crystal or faceted gem of, vi- of violet with a lozenge shape. That's Kevin with an exclamation point at the end. The <laughs> first one was like Kevin in all caps. Absolutely. <laughs> the current 5e Amethyst Dragon creates a shining bead of gravitational force in its mouth, then releases the energy in a 90-foot cone. This both causes force damage and reduces target speed to zero. That's uh, Kevin, but the curve you have to curve the letters to have like a like a mouth, like a smiley shape. You know, like oh my K gosh. is big and the E yeah. is a little smaller. Yes, yeah. I, I see what you're saying. The N is big at the end. Before we get to the stat block for Amethyst Dragons, let's talk briefly about a named Amethyst Dragon, Eldenser the Lurker. That's a big letdown. What? What? What is the letdown? That's not named Kevin. <laughs> Kevin the Lurker. Kevin the Lurker. Oh no, that Kevin's getting arrested for sure. <laughs> Contradictory tales told throughout the Forgotten Realms are unclear about whether or not the ancient Amethyst dragon Eldenser still lives, uh, largely because of the behavior that earned him the epi- ep- epithets, uh, the Lurker, and the worm who hides in blades. Oh. Uh, obsessed with observing the world and its creatures, Eldenser or Eldenser uh, developed magic that allows his mind to inhabit the blade of a weapon after his death. He exists now as a Draconic Shard, a monster we will cover in another episode. Okay. Um, hey, quick question about that quote where he's yes. calling it the worm with an O and not a Y. Um, yeah, I think that's a, probably just a typo. Oh, okay. Worms are different. Yeah, worms with Ys are different. Worms are armless, right? Yes. Well, no. Wait, are which one are worms? The legless, armless? Um, neither. It just okay, okay, okay. We're what we're we're talking about. Just 
varies wildly on setting, addition, and even like franchise. And this is a named, so yeah. that's why there could be a variation. Why or, or WYRM in D&D usually just means really fucking old dragon. Okay. They're so old they're and they're so massive, they're considered like above dragon. They're now worms. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of older stuff, um, yeah, they, they were uh, armless. Or legless, they were more snake-like. Yeah, okay. Um, and that's where that comes from. That comes from like old mythology, like the ancient worms. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, why that worm has an O instead of Y? I think it's just a typo. Okay. Alrighty. Interesting. Yes. Uh, Eldenser prefers to the role of uh, silent observer to doing anything that might give away his presence. In this fashion, he has inhabited countless weapons over long years, including many belonging to famous adventurers whose exploits the dragon has seen firsthand. So essentially, this dude is hiding in weapons. <laughs> he hides in weapons. That's just what he does. There's a, there's a monster called the Tronic Shard. It'll get its own episode. Basically, uh, Eldancer is able to mentally and spiritually project himself after death. So he, nice. does, he, he does not die, and now he is a sword. <laughs> And the thing is, he can go from sword to sword. Me no dragon, me sword. Yeah. Which sword? Any, Any sword. sword. Yeah. <laughs> Want to talk about the stat block? Uh, yeah. Uh, but before we do, tell me, Will, what source book can I find the stat block in? Fizzbath. 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 <laughs> tell me about the Amethyst Dragon. I'll start with the lair because mm-hmm. it's it's written in that order. Yeah, sure. Um. We know where they make their lairs, like big lakes and shit, or mm-hmm. big caves. Mm-hmm. Uh, so on initiative, initiative count 20, uh, losing initiative ties, the dragon can take one of the following lair actions. The dragon can't take the same at lair action two rounds in a row. Beguiling whisper, the dragon telepathically whispers to one creature within range of the dragon's telepathy. The creature must succeed on a DC 15 wisdom saving throw or be charmed Ooh. by the dragon until initiative count 20 on the next round. A creature's charm this way obeys the best of its uh, obeys to the best of its ability any command the dragon issues that isn't directly harmful to the creature uh, charmed specifically says a charmed creature can't attack the charmer or target the charmer with harmful abilities or magical effects the charmer has advantage on ability checks to interact socially with that creature uh, imprisoning force is the next one the dragon casts the force cage spell using its spell save dc and requiring no spell components the spell ends early if the dragon uses the lair action again or dies uh force cage it's kind of long it's the seventh level spell it takes one action God damn. it's gonna last an hour an immobile invisible cube shaped prison composed of magical force springs into existence around an area you choose within range the prison can be a cage or a solid box as you choose a prison in the shape of a cage can be up to 20 feet on a side and is made from half inch diameter bars space half inch apart that seems important uh a prison in the shape of a box can be up to 10 feet on a side creating a solid barrier that prevents any matter from passing through passing through it and blocking any spells cast into or out from the area wait it can it can block all matter uh creating a solid barrier that prevents any matter from passing through so no air no air you will you will suffocate to death you in a box in a cage uh, let's see. When you cast a spell, any creature that is completely inside the cage's area is trapped. Creatures only partially within the area or those too large to fit inside the area are pushed away from the center instead of being blood-eagled <laughs> uh, uh, until they are completely outside of the area. A creature inside the cage can't leave by non-magical means. 
if a the creature tries to use teleportation or interplanar travel to leave the cage, it must first make a charisma saving throw. On a success, the creature can use that magic to exit the cage. On a failure, the creature can't exit the cage and waste the use of the spell or the wow. effect. The cage also extends into the ethereal plane, blocking ethereal travel. So you can't use low-level magic to get out of here. And if you try to, uh, you, you're going to burn a big spell mm-hmm. and you might fail it. Uh, you can't dispel magic it. Straight up says that. Nice. Um, Man, this is brutal. So charm one ally, force cage another. It sounds like you can force cage a couple. Okay, right? maybe. It's a 20, 20 feet worth of force cage, baby. Yeah, sure. Um, can cast it from 100 feet away, apparently. Uh, spatial projection is the next layer action. Uh, we have the dragon chooses a space it can fit into within the layer. It exists in its own space and the chosen space simultaneously until initiative count 20 on the next round uh, whenever it moves or takes an action it chooses which version of itself is moving or acting if an effect or attack can target both of the dragon spaces in the same at the same time the dragon is affected only once oh that's crazy that's crazy uh we got a regional the regional effects should i read those yeah um we're surrounded by a legendary amethyst dragon's lair is altered by dragon's magic, creating one or more of the following effects. A background check. Put in your social security number and see what happens. Uh, once per day, the dragon can cast the legend lore spell, requiring no components, naming any person, place, or object within one mile of the so lair. He can just like background subject. check you. Literally just like figures out this spell. It takes 10 minutes to cast. It's a fifth level spell. It's instantaneous. Uh, name or describe a person, place, or object the spell brings to your mind. A brief summary of the significant lore about the thing you named. It's like he pulls up your Wikipedia page. That's, I mean, go read the rest of the spell for more specific he detail. He pulls up your Wikipedia like, page. Yeah, he pretty much, like, creates a Wikipedia page. Like, about you. With magic about you. Yeah. Like, just the information that exists in the information plane to summon <laughs> to the dragon uh, via nice. Starlink. Okay. <laughs> Crystal Perfusion. Amethyst crystals and geodes form along muddy shores and lake beds within six miles of the lair. Okay. Um, thriving wildlife, fish, and other aquatic beasts reproduce rapidly and thrive in bodies of water within six miles of the lair. Foraging in these waters yields twice the usual amount of food. So it's just like salmon breeding season all the time. Yeah. Or these koi, these koi fish. And also, there's this is like a great river to pan like what it was it called originally panhandling the for gold and stuff yeah panning yeah panning for gold uh you're panning for amethyst here because it's it's everywhere yeah you can make a good money on living like on the outskirts of this thing's region yeah it doesn't say that the water is really salty here but it probably is because amethyst dragons make fish horny (laughs) yeah sure that's what it says it does fish and other aquatic beasts reproduce rapidly it just makes all the wildlife horny. Oh, no. Just the fish. Just, just the fish. The, if it's aquatic. It says aquatic. aquatic. So the crocodiles are getting busy, too. The frogs. And the frogs. The tapeworms. The mosquitoes. The skeeters. Oh, gosh. Are, is this they aerial? Sucks. Are they technically aquatic? I mean, the first half of their life is in the water. As soon as they touch the water, they get <laughs> horny. That's horrible. <laughs> Watery sight. 
Water within six miles of the lair is a conduit for the dragon's psionic presence, much like the other two dragons, except that was like stone based. Mm -hmm. uh, as long as that water is salty and fish are fucking in it, this dragon can spy on you with it. Oh, no. <laughs> as an action, the dragon can cast <laughs> the clairvoyant spell, which uh, I guess I'll read real quick. It's uh, 10 minute casting time, third level spell. It lasts for 10 minutes. You create an invisible sensor within range and location familiar to you, a place you have visited or seen before, like all this nasty water, or in an obvious location that is unfamiliar to you, such as behind a door around a corner or in a grove of trees. The sensor remains in place for the duration and it can't be attacked otherwise interacted with. Uh, when you cast a spell you choose seeing or hearing, you use the chosen sense uh, through the sensor as if you were in its space. As your action you can switch between those two, seeing and hearing. Uh, a creature that can see the sensor, such as a creature benefiting from like seeing visibility or true sight, sees a luminous intangible orb about the size of its fist. Uh, if the dragon dies, the populations of uh, the fish get unhorny. <laughs> they go back to a normal level of horniness in 1d10 days. The existing abundance of amethyst remains, but new crystals and geodes form at a normal rate. Okay. Mm -hmm. The fishing won't be so great anymore. Uh, we got the stat block here. We got a, this uh, ancient amethyst dragon. Is that the one I'm reading? Yep, that's the one you're reading. Okay. Uh, it's ancient. It's amethyst. It's a dragon, gargantuan <laughs> dragon made of gem, typically neutral, with an AC natural armor of 20. 444 hit points. Uh, speed is 40 feet. Fly is 80 feet of hover. Nice. It's like psionic, right? Yeah. Uh, and it can swim at 40 foot speed. That's monstrous. What if that's psionic too? The just, swim? The swim, like it makes like <laughs> it sort of a bubble. Yeah, or that, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Well, it would, it would like perceptively look like a bubble, I guess. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, but absolutely. Just be psychic. Uh, saving throws. Dexterity plus nine. Constitution plus 15. Wisdom plus 11. Charisma plus 13. Skills. Arcana plus 22. What a beef. What a beefy arc. Check. Mm -hmm. Perception plus 18. Pretty beefy as well. Persuasion plus 13. And stealth plus nine. It's just these giant dragons sneaking up on you is horrifying. Plus nine is a lot. Yeah. Damage resistance. Force and psychic. Uh, it is immune to being frightened or being prone. So can't knock it down. Can't mm. knock this dragon down. It's got hover. That's usually typical with hover creatures. Yes, it does parentheses hover up there. Uh, senses blind sight, 60 feet. Dark vision, 120. Passive perception is 28. Damn, with all that nasty soup that it can see through too. Mm -hmm. It's very perceptive. They're going to know you coming. Common. Draconic telepathy at 120 feet for languages. So that telepathy, 120 feet, that means that charm ability of its lair, that's 120 feet you have to cross and it can charm you yeah. along the way. Yeah. Cool. Real cool. You get, <laughs> you got to watch out for your homies starting to act like real suspicious. Like, you got you know, guys, maybe we shouldn't go over here. I don't think I'm going to sit right here until you all change your mind. Like, Dale, you were. You were talking about yeah, fucking you, killing this. You thing. hate dragons, Dale. They killed your they killed your papa. Dale. <laughs> you forget? We got amphibious. The dragon can breathe both air and water. Nice. Good one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh three times a day, it, the dragon fails a saving throw. It can just not fail it. Leisure resistance. Save yeah. it instead. Yep. Uh multi-attack, the dragon makes one bite attack and two claw attacks. That bite is gonna be a plus fifteen to hit at a reach of fifteen feet. That's a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh one target. <laughs> It's going to hit for 19 or 2d10 plus 8 piercing damage plus 13 or 3d8 force damage. Force damage is good. Um, claw is going to be melee weapon attack with plus 15 to hit with a reach of 10 feet, which is still pretty good. Mm -hmm. One target, it's going to hit for 15 or 2d6 plus 8 slash. 
Uh, Singularity Breath. Singularity Breath. Oh, boy. That's a <laughs> scary name. Indeed. Um, <laughs> I fire a double pendulum out of my mouth. <laughs> Oh, All no. its points are plotted instantly. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, the dragon creates a shining bead of gravitational force in its mouth. Uh, so Bijou Bomb then releases the energy in a 90-foot cone. Jesus. Each creature in that cone uh, must make a DC 23 strength saving throw. On a failed save, the creature takes 63, or 14d8 force damage, and its speed becomes zero until the start of the dragon's next turn. On a successful save, the creature takes half as much damage, and its speed isn't reduced. So this could just lock everybody in place. Yep. Neato. That's going to recharge on a 5 or 6 on a d6. Spellcasting psionics. The dragon casts one of the following spells requiring no spell components and using intelligence as the spellcasting ability. Spell save DC is 23 with a plus 15 to hit with spell attacks. Once a day, this thing can blink, control water, dispel magic, freedom of movement, Globe of Invulnerability. What the fuck is that? <laughs> Sixth level spell. Uh-huh. Immobile. Oh, my God. I can't read all these. Plane shift. Protection from evil and good and sending. These all seem like pretty powerful spells. Yeah. Pretty solid. Especially when it can just, like, cage a dude. Yeah. No, it's those, those layer actions are very impressive. Then breathe on it. Breathe on a, breathe on a fool. Mm-hmm. Bonus actions. We got change shape. The dragon magically transforms into any creature that is medium or small while retaining its game statistics. Ah, oh, fake hair gone, hair and gone. Uh, other than its size, it, it maintains its other stats. Right. This transformation ends if the dragon is reduced to zero hit points or uses a bonus action to end it. Damn. Uh, psychic step. The, uh, the dragon magically teleports to an unoccupied space it can see within 60 feet. It's misty step, but twice as good. Uh, legendary actions. That's a bonus action to do that? No, that was just do? a bonus action, yep. Psychic wow. step. Wow. Any, any, any spell that has the word step in it is usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dragon can take three legendary actions, choosing from the options below. Only one legendary action option can be used at a time and only at the end of another creature's turn. The dragon regains its spent legendary actions at the start of its turn. So, claw. Dragon makes one claw attack. Mm, that's pretty standard. Psionics costs two actions. Mm. The dragon uses psychic step or spell casting. Now, yeah, that's a that's a pretty good one. Good one for legendary action, just because it's like you your your players are probably planning their next move based off what's happening right now, and then in the middle of that round, suddenly the dragon's in a different location. It disappears, or like it could cast blink with that too. It, it could cast any of these spells yeah. once a day. So if it hasn't ca- cast any of the spells yet, it just can do it at the end of your turn. So, yeah, um, dis- very disruptive. Mm-hmm. Explosive mm-hmm. crystal costs three oh, actions. Oh, yeah, this one. I like this one. The dragon spits on you. <laughs> Belittles you with his actions. <laughs> uh, that amethyst that it spits out is going to explode at a point it can see within 60 feet of it. Each creature within a 20-foot radius sphere centered on that point must succeed on a DC 23 dexterity saving throw or take 18 or 4d8 force damage and be knocked prone. Nice. That's like Hollow Knight. There's like those creatures that shoot these little pink crystal shards and they like create like a little flower bed of crystals or whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. And sometimes I think those explode sometimes. Nice. Kind of like. There's a similarity there for sure. Nailed a like fucking. I haven't really played Hollow Knight. I got to the end. Oh, it's a pretty good game. That's what I've heard. I got to the end of the stat block. You did. What do I do? Uh, Any questions about Amethyst Dragons? Seems 
super dope. Yeah, they're really strong. They're 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 the king of gem dragons. They they're very powerful and they got really dope shit. Do you think the fish are into it? Yeah, they're definitely they're yeah. definitely into it. It'd be know. weird if they weren't. They, do they? Do you think they know why? No, they have no idea why they're fish. I don't know. Ever since I got to this lake, I've been so horny. <laughs> but the good thing is, so is everyone else. But everyone else so is too. So it works. Why are we so horny all the time? <laughs> all right, let's take a long rest. <laughs> hey, everybody, welcome to the long rest. Fun fact, Will takes his long rest standing up and his coffee with no sugar. Neither of those facts are true. Oh, yeah, I mean, you're taking this short rest standing up. I am trying to, yes. You're adjusting your microphone to, to accommodate. Yep, okay. Um, I am standing, it's true. We actually record episodes in batches of three, typically, we do. unless and we run out of time. by the third one, my back wants to snap in half, so I'm standing up. Yes, I stood up once during all of this, and I regretted not standing up more frequently. <laughs> if I had an Apple Watch, it would have told me to get the hell up. <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you for listening to the show. We love you. Thank you. We do love you. Uh and this one's for your ears. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, okay. So what do we got here on the docket, Will? Um, A checklist? Patreon. Patreon. Hello. Thank you, patrons. Welcome to it. Thank you for being a part of the show. You can be more part of the show and experience more show at Patreon, where we have actual plays uh, at like over 100 hours worth. Mm-hmm. Early oh. episodes without ads. Ranger Danger. Uh, Forgot o- about Ranger OST Danger. music's in there. Oh, yeah. All the OST from Super Quest Saga is, is there current to the last completed arc. And the um, there are there's a... What's the word I'm looking for? There is one of a kind exclusive merchandise that you get gifted at certain tiers. Yeah. Do you like merchandise? Uh, we thought you might. So we made some special ones for just for you. Uh, if you if you get in there, though. Uh, yeah. So... Uh, we're, we're thinking about making some changes on Patreon pretty soon in the next upcoming months. So I guess keep an eye on that. Also, um, if you guys yeah, really support us on Patreon, help me quit my job. There will be a lot more on Patreon. Yeah, that's the thing <laughs> is like we're trying to make it so all we do is podcast and make content and like just really give ourselves to the community, body, mind and soul. Uh, and to do that, we take Patreon donations and like upgrade our equipment to try and make the show more popular and stuff like that. We, we making moves to try and like not be corporate slaves and, uh, and do what we love, which is like writing and making music. And you guys help us do that, especially by, uh, donating on Patreon, uh, like just telling people about the show. Um, the more awareness of the show, the, the better. So the, a couple of ways you can do that without having to like donate money would be to leave an Apple podcast review, a Spotify review, or mm-hmm. whatever podcasting app you're on. Yeah. Or if you're watching on YouTube, leave, Comments, leave that comment. like, subscribe. Like, subscribe. Tell a friend. Tell your mom's friends. Definitely tell them. Tell your mom. Uh, hey, I got a checklist, so I don't have to stall. Uh, merch store. We have a regular merch store. Um, yeah, a spread shop. Spread shop where they make spread shirts and spread mugs. <laughs> Mason yeah. jar mugs that are out of stock. But they won't be forever. They're not forever. <laughs> Eventually, they're going to get mugs, and you can get prints of our art that we commissioned for stuff um, to put on that. I really love our Dungeon Cast logo. It's definitely like, this is it. This is the one. Yeah, we've definitely. had a couple. We've had a couple. Um, you know, I'm sure if you if you're if you're savvy, you've if seen you're the a long time fan, you've seen the branding change over the years. Yeah, we just I'll keep moving forward. You see me at the Robinsons, right? Not like a huge like 
you know, it's like Walt Disney's motto is keep moving forward. Is that a thing? Yeah, meet. Yeah, that's like that was like his thing. Oh, okay. Cool. And so they made Meet the Robinsons based off of that, which is one of my favorite Disney movies, actually. Oh, I've never heard of it. You never heard of Meet the Robinsons? No, I yeah. can understand not having watched it. It's not no. like the most popular movie. No, I haven't heard. But of it. it's a sleeper. It's very, very good. Okay, cool. Yeah, you haven't seen. I'm sure you've seen the promo where he's like, "I have a big head and little arms." It's the T Rex trying to eat the kid. No, the kid hides catty corner on a building uh-huh. and a t-rex goes to is chasing him that's yeah. being mind controlled goes to eat him and mm-hmm. he can't because his head is in the way okay he's in, for the, sure. he's in the like little triangle you know the prism yeah that's sure. created in the empty space of like a building yes on the corner okay so gotcha he can't go, get to him it goes to bite him and it can't mm-hmm. and he's like why aren't the bad guy that's mind control he's like why aren't you seizing the boy he's like i have a big head little arms <laughs> No, I have never seen it. It's this. a very good movie. Okay. You should watch it. Maybe I'll check it out. Disney Plus it or something if okay. they have it. Cool beans. Um, yeah, that's our. That's my motto on the show. <laughs> Will's never heard of it, but it's been my motto <laughs> when since I the believe beginning. it. Always, it, it just translates into always improve, and we are always improving and always making always, changes. Yes, yes and yes. we do that with help from you guys. So when you guys give us resources, we allocate those back into the show to make it a better thing. And when you guys give us feedback, we take that seriously. So. Uh, thank you guys over the years so much for making the show what it is today. This is like a constantly improving product. I'm really proud of it. I am as well. I'm proud of you guys. I am as well. I'm proud of our love. I am as well. And I'm proud of the, all the writers for Fizzband's Treasury of Dragons. Yes. Good job. Um, we'll call it a game. <laughs> Let's call it a game. Talk to you guys later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.